L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Did you hear that Chris Pratt is going to voice Garfield? He can't voice Garfield and Super Mario. That's like... uh... That's like a monopoly on on cartoon voices, on iconic 90s cartoon characters. That's a- outrageous. I'm just thinking about all of our voiceover friends. When when is the when is the government going to get involved in big, you know, big monopoly. voice coming in here taking over all these parts, giving them all to the one percenters? Yeah. Chris Pratt's, you know. What's the big idea? I'll be writing to my congressman <laughs> this afternoon and saying Excuse me, I'd like something to be done about the Pratt situation. <laughs> because he now has... I would like a bill introduced, please. <laughs> it has to have some kind of cute acronym, though. Uh, we need to work on that. It'll be the Pratt Act, and it'll stand for people really aren't thinking this through. It's three T's. <laughs> <laughs> the Pratt Act. People really aren't thinking this through. We did just learn that the voice of Triton in Little Mermaid is uh, Inspector Kemp in Young Frankenstein. Uh, yes, I love him. Young Frankenstein's so good. Uh, that was one thing we did for Halloween was watch Young Frankenstein. I hope everybody else had a great Halloween. A classic, classic film. Yeah. So good. <laughs> 
We also took this hike on Halloween night called the Doll's Head Trail, which is in Atlanta, not far from where we live, honestly. Um, Short drive, and it's a super cool Mm -hmm. little trail out in the woods. You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. which many spots in Atlanta. Atlanta is a forest if you've never been here. Uh, So there's lots of little spots you can go into the woods and feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's called Constitution Lakes Park, Mm -hmm. and it's really like kind of a marsh i guess you could say there's yeah. a lot of water there we were kind of yeah. like we would never come here in the summer <laughs> it would be <laughs> yeah. like mosquito town oh for real but in the fall it was perfect like peaceful the colors were really nice and then you get through this trail and there's this artist that uh did basically an installation made out of litter that would had been dumped in this in this park yeah. it used to be like a brickworks, so there was all these clay pits that filled yeah. up with water and that's where the ponds come from now and stuff so there's a bunch of litter there a bunch of bricks like random stuff mm-hmm. and he kind of came through and turned it into a trail like an art artist trail right and people still contribute to it but only with any other litter that's already there yeah um so you're, you know the idea is not to bring more trash to the park right, right. <laughs> obviously it's just to turn it into something fun to look at mm-hmm. and it was really cool and super creepy because all these broken dolls and like yeah toys weird toys and just tires yeah and... stacks of old misshapen bricks and yeah. stuff that had been discarded and they found out in the mud uh so yeah. a really cool like little artsy path mm-hmm. um very cool. beautiful day for it mm-hmm. it was perfect you it can see chill for our dog too who's old so it was yeah. like a perfect trail for him you can see pictures on either of our Instagrams mm-hmm. um, of of some of the highlights of this trail, but it's super cool. <laughs> yeah. We had a really good time. But now we are, we're done with Halloween. Yeah. It's November 1st. We're phasing into another season. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you all enjoyed our Recryptulous yeah. Romance series. We want to do that every year. Mm-hmm. We, we have just take really our time. spookiest, creepiest, eeriest stories and tell them in October to kind of set the mood for the season. Yeah. And... Now that that series has passed for 2021, we're <laughs> we're coming back with a bit of a palate cleanser yeah. today. A nice, <laughs> clean, refreshing drink. <laughs> Something you might say is the polar opposite of, like, say, the Carl Tunzler story or... <laughs> Please give me the polar opposite of the Carl Tunzler story. <laughs> real Osterreichs, all those creepy gross yes. stories. This one is wonderful mm-hmm. and joyous yes. and happy. And lovely. It's wonderful examples of humanity yeah. all throughout. Absolutely. So we're very happy to be kind of shifting the mood for a minute yeah, now. For real. Um, now, I got to tell you, for our non-American listeners, because I know that we have uh, some awesome devoted listeners all across Canada mm-hmm. and Australia, yeah. the UK, mm-hmm. y'all three are, are vying for that number two slot, so... So you know, Thank you tell for your, buying. <laughs> tell your fellow countrymen yes. to get involved so you can really... St- you know, Australia, I want you to mm-hmm. stick it to those Canadians. Yeah. Canada, defend your position. <laughs> get your friends listening. Well, the number two country at the end of the year is going to get a special prize. One <laughs> t-shirt to share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for for all of you non-American listeners out there, we're going to be talking a lot in this episode about football. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we're talking about American football. That's the football that you hold in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very few feet involved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I really don't know very much about football myself. And, yeah, researching this story, I did. There are some 
notes that if you are a football, if you're a big sports person, we're probably not going to hit them quite like you would because I just don't know what they mean. <laughs> I had to look up what rushing yards was. Uh-huh. And they talked about like somebody accepting a red shirt position, even though they were better than that. <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant. Red, well, a red shirt, uh, red uh, red shirts go down to the planet first before Captain Kirk, and they get killed off by whatever threat is down there, so that you know that there is a threat. Right. That's that's what a red shirt does. Oh, great! Yeah. All right. Well, then I do know what a red shirt is, yeah. and this is going to be great. <laughs> but even if you don't care about football, this story is absolutely wonderful. It is about Deland McCullough who had a loving adoptive mother and brother and a wife and kids and the job of his dreams as a running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs football team. But he had always wondered about his biological parents. And in 2017, he got his adoption records unsealed and found his biological mother. But there was no information about his biological father. Since his adoptive father had left his family when DeLand was only two, he was really searching for a father figure. And he found one. But his search for his biological parents would still change his life. So let's hear the amazing true story of Deland McCullough's search for his biological parents. I'm ready. Yeah. What do they say in football? Do they go... Game on. Game on. Okay, great. Right? I don't know. (laughs) Hey there, friends. Come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Now, we got most of these details from this really, really great in-depth article from ESPN by Sarah Spain. So big shout out to her. This is a very good article that she wrote. Deland McCullough was born John Kenneth Briggs in December 1972 in Pennsylvania. He was up for adoption, and the agency called Adele Comer. Adele lived in Youngstown, Ohio, with her husband, A.C. McCullough, who was a popular local radio host, and their son, Damon. And tragically, Adele and A.C. had lost their second son at only 28 days old from an intestinal birth defect. And after that happened... They decided to become foster parents, and they were really looking to adopt another child, which I think is so amazing to respond to a tragedy like that. Oh, yeah. Being like, let me open my home to a new baby. That's really cool. Um, And when the agency placed baby John into her arms, she said it was, quote, instant connection, love, mother-son. So they named him Deland Scott McCullough and took him home. Amazing. For a while, everything was totally fine. Mm-hmm. A great life they'd had for themselves, smooth sailing. But then Adele's father had a stroke, and he was going to need dedicated care and a lot of attention. So she brought him home to live with the family. But her husband, A.C., wanted to put him in a nursing home. And it was a big fight. It was a whole thing. Um You know, we can't say specifically why, but speculation station, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe AC wasn't interested in taking on full time care of an elderly relative of his wife's. That is a big job. Maybe he just didn't like the guy. Maybe they already (laughs) hated hated each other. I don't know. That would be tough, though, if you really hated your in-laws and then you had to take them in and, I don't know, take care of them and be nice to them. Right. I feel like there's a couple sitcoms based around this (laughs) idea. But it's like you mentioned, you know, isn't that an important 
conversation to have. Yeah, I think that is something, you know, that maybe you wouldn't think of, especially right. if you marry kind of young or something, or if your family's really healthy. Like, our families are really healthy. I don't think we talked about anything like that before we, we got married. We have not discussed what we would do if either of our no. parents, any of our four parents, suddenly needed right. care. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I would say, well... I have a younger sister who could probably do better than I could at <laughs> assisting them. Hi, Molly. Yeah. By the way, Molly, we're really counting on you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always has been. She knows it. <laughs> She's like, She's oh, here we it. go again. <laughs> yeah, but it does seem like one of those things that like uh, people say you should probably talk about how you might react to a situation like that. Because right. there are some people who, may, you know, again, speculation station, maybe Adele is like... It is so unfeeling to put your father in a nursing home. Right. You know, he he, you know, raised me, took care of me, didn't put me in a home. And why yeah. would I do it to you? Like some people really don't like that idea sure. and have sure. a very strong reaction against it. Right. Um, and then also homes are very expensive. So I wonder oh, yeah. if that was came up where she's like, I mean, sure, put him in a home. But how are we paying for that? Are you paying for that? Or my paying? For- <laughs> How's yeah. that working? Because we you know, that is not cheap. Right. Right. To take care of another person. Child care is not cheap. Elderly care is not cheap. Nope. It's almost like that sounds like a problem that needs to be fixed. Mm, it sounds like something we should address. <laughs> well, whatever the reason, and we, we don't know what the actual rift here was, but they didn't reconcile their positions, and AC ended up moving out of the house, and they got divorced when DeLand was only two years old. Adele got a number of different jobs to support the family. She was a social worker a switchboard operator, a waitress, and a part-time short order cook at a bowling alley. So she was working. <laughs> I'm imagining her doing all of these at once. Like <laughs> she's, she's got, like she's got something in the fryer <laughs> while she's on the phone, like giving somebody life advice. And then she's like, hang on, I have to switch your call over. Klondike 9, <laughs> you know, switchboard. Klondike 9. <laughs> I assume she was on a switchboard in the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They hadn't upgraded their equipment. <laughs> so she's working a lot. I mean, yeah. she's got a bunch of jobs. She's like an octopus and uh-huh. framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> just right. like flailing around, it seems like. But still, money was always tight. Um, she worried constantly about keeping the lights on, paying the rent on time. Yeah. Sometimes she had to choose between the power bill getting paid and having a working phone. Damn. Um, so, you know, this is a probably a lot of people nodding to this. Yeah. This is a common story, I feel, in America. Yeah. You can have many, many jobs and still have no money somehow. Yep. <laughs> and it took her two years to pay off a couch that she had put on layaway. Yeah. But on the first day after she had paid this couch off, she came home to find three big gashes in it. Oh. And I'm sure she was like, what the hell? I just yeah. made this that shit off. Couch aside. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> My God, I worked for two days. She's thinking of all the short orders yeah. she had to fill to get that couch. Off this couch. And it turned out that it happened because DeLand had gotten really upset um, because kids at school were teasing him about being adopted. Oh, man. Which is a common story also, I feel yeah. like. So he accused Adele of not loving him as much as she loved her quote-unquote real son, Damon. Oh, yeah. And she told him that she loved Damon and DeLand for different reasons. She loved Damon because he came from her belly, and she loved DeLand because she chose him. And DeLand rarely mentioned his adoption again. So Adele kind of thought, 
cool. I, I laid that to rest yeah. for him. Figured that out. We're good here. Damn, I said the exact right thing. <laughs> I am good at this. Damn, I'm a damn good mom. <laughs> but Deland said that he had always still felt a void around that, mm. but he just got really good at hiding it, is how oh, he describes yeah, it. Yeah. Now, Adele had a few relationships after her divorce from AC. Some of them were described as, quote, combative and abusive. Mm. Damon, who was her older son, um, he would sometimes kind of try and intervene when these things got bad, but Delan's way of coping with it was kind of just shut down and shut out the world. Mm -hmm. In that ESPN article, Adele admits that she contributed to this chaos in the house. She called herself, quote, the biggest drama queen in the world. And it sounds like maybe she continued to date a little after that, but she maybe stopped trying to have anything serious with anyone. Yeah, that's it sounded kind of like she was maybe trying to get remarried and like really have something serious when they were younger kids. Mm -hmm. And then as they were getting older, she was kind of like, I'm going to get them through high school and get them. Right. You know, out of out of the house on their own before I try to address my love life. She's probably like, anymore. I'm already working eight jobs at once here. When am I? At I time? got time to <laughs> to you know deal with some some guy, right? Especially if these guys if are coming combative. around being yeah combative yeah. and abusive. No yeah. thanks. I, I mean, I'm freaking dealing with French fries and right. social cases, <laughs> social worker cases. Right. Like, leave me alone. So Adele's doing it. She's trying to mm -hmm. hold it together here. Yeah, for sure. And she was a very dedicated mom, too. Again, she's got all these jobs. Keep that in mind. But they were still very active in church. Well, she insisted on checking their homework every night, um, not only to make sure that they were doing it, but also that they actually understood what they were doing. That's huge. Um, she shuttled them to all kinds of activities, including the theater program at the Youngstown Playhouse. Awesome. And to track and basketball and football practice. That's so cool. So cool that he did theater. I'm just I'm just glad that- I love that. You let your kid just do theater. It's so good because they get out there in front of people and they learn there's nothing to be afraid of and you can talk and you can present and you can, I don't know. Yeah, well, not only that- it's my it's, theater pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so rounding because even in high school, like- there's just this perpetual idea that these two things are the opposites of each other. Yeah. And they're polarizing. And that's like you either like theater and art or you mm -hmm. like sports. And when I knew so many people who loved both, who yeah. still love both as adults, who found a lot of value in either one mm -hmm. and have, have have grown as a person because of what they learned from either one of those things. And I think this notion in high school, a lot of it comes down to time. Yeah. Because if you're going to do either one of those things, it better be competitively. Yeah. So you have to devote your entire self to it, which sucks because mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to do that You're in <laughs> high school. But yeah, and at its best, we're talking about two things that are about a big group of people working together yeah. towards a common goal. Absolutely. And those are that's great skills to learn no matter yeah. how you learn them. So. Right. And even competition. We had some right. some steady competition, competition in theater. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, we went to, we went to thespian conference and and uh, and tackled another theater troupe the ground <laughs> gave them all concussions and uh bye bye birdie but you bye oh. bye 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 birdie <laughs> because they weren't gonna do that show no more <laughs> so yeah when the theater kid in me was just very happy that he did some theater <laughs> but deland fell in love with football he loved it from early on when he played peewee football and he heard his name over a loudspeaker. He was immediately like, yes. Hell which yeah. sounds a lot like an actor getting applause for the first time and going, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, this is me. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. <laughs> this is it right People here. People are saying my name. <laughs> and he would even carry a football to bed with him at night, oh. which I think is cute. <laughs> 
And Adele would go to all his games and cheer for him. She brought multiple signs. She would run up and down the sidelines. She would holler, D-Mac, D-Mac, D-Mac from the stands. She's just real into it. And the other moms were like, okay, Adele, we all got kids in the game. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, but still, Delant had no father figure. And he was pretty thirsty for a male mentor. Fortunately, though, he was able to have his pick. Because for a while, DeLand played as a junior defensive back. And he thought that he'd probably play for like a small college or maybe enlist in the Navy and play with them. But then he got moved to the running back position and he really started to get some attention there. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, some of these really good colleges came a-calling for him. Mm-hmm. And he was now meeting with some of the top coaches in the country. The then head coach, Jim Tressel, tried to entice him to Youngstown University. Bob Stoops, the defensive backs coach at Kansas State, showed up with a big bag of swag like, hey, mm-hmm. Kansas, you think about it. <laughs> and Because you got to show up with a bag of swag if you're going to try and they get people to come to Kansas, bro- you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sherman Smith the running backs coach at Miami University of Ohio. Mm-hmm. He showed up too. And DeLand was sitting in class, like a third period high school, boring something class, uh-huh. sitting next to the window, and out corner of his eye, he sees this candy apple red Mercedes with tricked out gold rims nice. pull up. And so he was like, okay, who's this person? Uh-huh. And then that person actually wanted to meet him. And okay. it only got better as they talked. It was... Sherman Smith from Miami University of Ohio, and he was an aspirational figure for DeLand. Sherman had been a star quarterback at Miami of Ohio when he was in college. Then he was the second round draft pick running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He played professionally for eight years. He was this powerfully built guy with like a booming voice. He was a successful, confident, competent man, you know, walking around looking like a boss in a Really nice car. (laughs) And DeLand was like, that's the kind of guy I want to be around. That's the kind of guy I need in my life. You know, I need to model myself after somebody like this. This is a successful person. And Sherman also was really impressed with DeLand. He thought he was very intelligent and expressive. So they really wanted to work together. So even though there was a lot of interest from other schools, DeLand chose to attend Miami of Ohio. And then when he got there, they kind of pushed him to become a wide receiver, and he declined just because he really wanted to work with Sherman, and Sherman was the running backs coach. So he was like, right, I'm a yeah. running back. I'm working with Sherman. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, it seemed like Sherman was kind of coming in to fill this father figure position that DeLand had been trying to fill throughout his whole life. DeLand told ESPN, quote, if anything was going on, I was going to go talk to Coach Smith. Everybody gravitated towards Coach Smith just because that's the type of person he was. And Sherman encouraged it. He says in the article, quote, I would tell the players, you may not be looking for a father, but I'm going to treat you like you're my sons. I just looked at every guy like he was my son. I wanted to exemplify what I thought my father exemplified for me. And that's so cool. I, I mean, like, that. what a great coach figure, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of take on that role. And imagine DeLand, you know, freshman at university and his coach says, you might not be looking for a father, but I'm treating you like you're my son. And he's like, I am looking for that. <laughs> <Yeah, that's>, uh, <laughs> this is exactly what I've been looking for. Yes. I, I wasn't going to ask, but if you can <laughs> fill that position, that's that's perfect for me. Thank you. So even though after that season, Sherman actually left 
Miami to become a tight ends coach at Illinois University, he and DeLand stayed in touch. They were just that close. He was that important to him. So again, that's just such an awesome relationship for him to find. Mm -hmm. And despite him not knowing who his biological parents were, DeLand had finally found this father figure that he was looking for. And he now had like college ahead of him. He knew he was on this way to a career in professional football. But his search wasn't over. He still wanted to know who his birth mother and father were. And we imagine so do you. Mm -hmm. So we're going to come back to it right after we take this quick commercial break. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Uh, welcome back to the second quarter here. Uh, <laughs> where the score is... The land, one father figure, uh, one adopted mother, 
and no biological parents identified as of yet. Uh, it's, we're on the uh, first and three, uh, with two yards to go. Oh. Very exciting. <laughs> right there in the end zone. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> well, I certainly do. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you who does probably know how ridiculous that was, and that's Deland McCullough. <laughs> yeah, he had a great career in college. He set a school record with 4,368 rushing yards. Wow. Uh, I got Real quick, just for our non-American listeners around the globe. Oh, right. Uh, 4,368 rushing yards is... 3,994 rushing meters. <laughs> so now you can put okay. that in context. Now we know. <laughs> it's almost the same number. <laughs> so close. Uh, yeah, this is a Hall of Fame showing, apparently, wow. of of rushing yards. Yeah. Which I guess is just how much... Ga- I've looked it up, all right? And oh. it's how much... It's how much ground you gain without getting a pass. So it's just you ran a lot yeah. without touching the ball, I guess, or go. being stopped. Okay. And so you were fast and you got far. That's a lot. That's, a good, that's good in football. That's good. It's very <laughs> good in football. Yes. And so people were like, ooh, that guy got fast and went really far. We <laughs> like him. He's good. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I'm sure that's how the conversation went. I think that was it. That's all they do. So, because it's so impressive, he was very surprised that his name was not called in the 1996 draft. But he was invited to some workouts, and he ended up signing with the Cincinnati Bengals. And he was leading the NFL in preseason rushing when, at the last exhibition game, he suffered a season-ending knee injury. He played a few seasons in Canada with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and he underwent several knee surgeries, but in 2001, he had to accept that he was never going to be able to play professionally. Damn. Which just sucks. Like, I'm just like, imagine that movie where he's leading and everyone's like, oh, this guy's about to go really far in the NFL. And in the last game before you actually are playing professionally, everything's over. Yeah. I mean, that would feel like such a denouement. That's so tough. And it's tough when your job is... To kind of punish your own body, yeah. But if your pun, if your body is too punished, you can't do your job anymore. Like that's such a tight line to walk. It's so difficult. Wild. We, I have a friend who's a professional dancer, mm-hmm. and it's a very similar conversation with her. Is like, okay, I'm like when she was 28, she's like, well, I'm a little old now <laughs> for ballet or something. And I was like, what? You're <laughs> like 28. Yeah. But it's it is very hard on your body when you're an athlete. Yeah. It's a tough path to walk, but it sucks for him. Of course, he took it very well, and he was like, you know what? I got to show that I could have played on a professional level, and everyone knows it, so I feel good about that. And he ended up turning his attention to coaching. So he went and taught and coached uh, part-time at Harmony Community College, and that kind of gave him the bug to coach more. Mm -hmm. So he called Miami of Ohio and was kind of like, hey, what you got for me maybe in the coaching arena? And they were like, hell yeah, get over here. Yeah. And so before he hit the job started, he called his old coach, Sherman Smith, because, of course, that guy already had the job before. So he's like, right. hey, what, what should I know about this? And Sherman had a similar career path to coaching as DeLand after he played professionally. He started coaching with high schoolers, and then he went on to Miami of Ohio, and then he worked his way up to becoming a coach with professional teams, including the Houston Oilers and the Washington 
Less offensive team name coming in early 2022, we swears. (laughs) Yeah. And he was the running backs coach with the Seattle Seahawks when DeLand called for advice about Miami of Ohio. So, of course, he's like, you know, I'll tell you everything I know. Yeah. And by 2014, DeLand had done great at Miami of Ohio. He'd moved on to coaching at Indiana University. And Sherman then invited DeLand to join him with the Seahawks for a coaching internship. So he was like really kind of ushering him into the professional arena, professional football arena, and was like, I can tell this guy's going to be a really good coach. Okay. But then off the field, DeLand was still consumed with this search for his biological parents. It always bothered him not to know. But he had obviously been able to push that aside until eventually he got married. And then he had his first child. At this point, he really started thinking about this issue again with not knowing who his parents were. He wanted Mm -hmm. to know who his sons took after, who they looked like. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's trying to tell them like their family medical history, but he doesn't have that, obviously, because he doesn't even know who his, you know, uh, biological family before him was. Mm -hmm. So this was difficult for him, but uh, he was still struggling, you know, in this search because he was adopted in Pennsylvania and they had laws against unsealing adoption records even for the person who had been adopted out. Mm. But in 2017, the law changed and DeLand was able to get his hands on his adoption records. He read his birth certificate eagerly and he discovered his birth name, John Kenneth Briggs. And he found out his biological mother's name, Carol Denise Briggs. Next to father's name, the line was blank. Oh, that must have felt so crazy. Oh, my God. Just like, here's all the answers. Oh. Oh. DeLand went ahead and reached out to Carol, his biological mother. She opened up her Facebook one day to find a message waiting for her that just said, quote, did you have a baby in 1972 in Allegheny County that you placed for adoption? (laughs) What a message. (laughs) Can you imagine? Uh, you just open your Facebook one day. Oh, new message request, probably spam or like somebody I knew trying to get me into an MLM or something. <laughs> right. And then, uh, <laughs> so it's just boop, like ease into it a little, buddy. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I think we might know each other. Something like that. Instead of right. just straight out the gate. Hey, do you have a baby that you gave up for adoption in 1972? I'd be like, Damn. <laughs> How long you been watching me? <laughs> Whoa, for real. Speculation station, maybe he found like 50 Carol Briggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, in, sure. In, in Allegheny County or something. It was just like, you know what? It's copy paste. <laughs> copy paste. <laughs> so he's got like 49 people answered no or, no. or ignored it. Yeah. Left him on red. <laughs> he's like, I hope you're not my mom. You left me on red. <laughs> yeah, so she was obviously... Shocked by this message, Mm -hmm. she told Sarah Spain in ESPN, quote, luckily, I was already sitting. (laughs) For real. Can you imagine? Falling Uh, on your ad, just falling out (laughs) because of that. That would be so crazy. Yeah. So Carol Denise Briggs was only 16 years old when she found out she was pregnant with DeLand. She spent most of her pregnancy at the Zor Home for Mothers, Babies, and Convalescents in Allison Park, Pennsylvania. So hardly anyone outside of her immediate family knew she was pregnant. On December 1st, 1972, she spent the day sledding with some other girls after a big snowstorm and then woke up at 2 a.m. in labor. And she had already planned to put the baby up for adoption with her parents' blessing. 
She told ESPN that at that time, you know, her mother was still cleaning up her room for her once a week and stuff right. like that. She's like, I just knew I was not ready to be anybody's mother. Yeah. And she also was kind of thinking, like, I'm young, you know, what kind of chance does this kid have with me? Yeah. Um, she told ESPN, quote, I just didn't want him to get cheated out of anything. Um, and she kind of was like, my parents had given me a very loving, stable home. And, you know, I just felt like I wasn't in a position to offer that to another another person. Right. So she's like, cool, very at peace with her decision to adopt this child out until right before she's going to sign the papers, she thought of the father. Now, the father was a teenage fling who had left for college before she ever found out she was pregnant. So he did not know a thing about it. Mm. And she kind of was like, "Okay, should I tell this guy? Does he have a right to know or whatever? And she ultimately decided not to tell him. She says in the article, quote, he was just a kid, too. So she kind of felt like she would be derailing his life for no reason uh, maybe making him feel bad or some or, or more connected to her than she felt like he needed to be right, or right. something like that. She was just like, I don't know. It felt like a waste of time maybe if she's not keeping the child maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that, uh, yeah, speculation station indeed. I, I think that, you know, she thought, well, I'm, I'm giving this child up for adoption. It's not going to be part of my life. It's not going to affect my right. life anymore beyond this. So why... Why just tell him that just to like right. rattle yeah, his brain? Yeah, she got a kid out there for, somewhere. Yeah, just to rattle his brain for something that's not going to ultimately matter. Yeah, sort of in the long run. Yeah, so I can, I guess I can see that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know. I have never had to make that decision, fortunately. Right. I don't know. She also said she thought she kind of got herself into the situation and she'd get herself out of it, mm. which felt a little like self blamey yeah. to me because it takes two people to make a baby. Right, all right. <laughs> so I know she's like, I shouldn't have had sex outside of wedlock or whatever, but come on. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it, you didn't do that on your own. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she, she ultimately was like, okay, no, not telling him. I'm going to sign these papers. The next day she was back home in her hometown of Youngstown, Ohio, and she was ready to be a teenager again. And her last contact with the adoption agency was when they told her they placed the, her baby with a doctor and his wife in Columbus, Ohio. But she had never forgotten John. She would wish him a happy birthday on her Facebook wall every year. Um, she checked adoption sites to see if he was searching for her. So she was even maybe kind of hoping yeah. one day to get that Facebook message. Right. And her mother started to tell her, you need to find that boy. More and more as she got older, mm -hmm. even though, you know, her parents had been totally down with her decision to, ha you know, put the baby up for adoption. But Carol never married or had any other children. So I'm like, probably her parents were getting older. Like, we do have a grandkid out there and we want one and we want him. We'll know where he is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Carol used to joke that one day John would walk up to her house and, quote, find her home alone, dancing around the house to Funkadelic. <laughs> <laughs> But instead, here he was on her Facebook page. I, sliding into someone's DMs is the 21st century version of walking up to their house and seeing <laughs> them dancing alone to Funkadelic, right? Very true. Carol's brother warned her this could be a scam. It's right? Good brother, because it got her smart. This guy might just want some money, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, or whatever. You know, he might be just you know that old trick. Yeah, I, I get those messages all the time. 
hey, I'm your son. Hey, did you give up hey, a baby? Why have you been ignoring me candy? all these years? Uh, why'd you slam the door in my face? I'm like, mm. never happened, never happened. Wow. <laughs> but Carol was like, no, I'm going to respond to this message. She she answered him back anyway. And they ended up setting up a meeting to speak on the phone. In the meantime, she Googled his name and she read everything she could find about this guy. And when he called, they spoke very easily to one another. She learned that he hadn't actually gone to Columbus, Ohio at all, but he'd actually grown up only a few miles away from her in Youngstown. They might have even passed each other in the grocery store. I mean, that is so crazy to me. Like, if you gave up a child for adoption, thought they were hours away, yeah. and found out they were literally your neighbor. Ah, uh, so wild. Basically your neighbor. She even felt like her father, who was at this point deceased, but he had been a huge sports fan, and he probably followed Delan's high school football career. Amazing. Just so, like he would his grandson, right, perhaps. Right, right. Deland was, of course, just so happy to reconnect with his birth mother. But he'd always had a mother in his life, you know? Right. Adele had made sure that he was fed and educated and cheered on and loved. Yeah, so he she was, was a great mom. Yeah. Totally. So he was so happy to have met Carol, but he was still missing his father. Yeah. Within 10 minutes of their phone call, he asked her point blank, all right, who's my father? Mm-hmm. Carol obviously knew that he was going to want to know, and she'd only ever told three people the guy's name before because she was afraid that, you know, this guy would learn maybe through careless gossip that mm-hmm. he had a kid out there. She didn't want that. She wanted control over this info. But she decided, you know what? Deland has a right to know. So she told him, your father's name is Sherman Smith. <gasps> Can you imagine? Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, my God. I mean, it made me cry when I first read it. She's like, like oh, I... he's just this college football coach. <laughs> you know, I think he was at Miami of Ohio for a while. <laughs> yeah, Delan thought he might pass out. Right. Obviously, <laughs> like I do right now. Carol describes it. Quote, I could hear him take a big breath, and I could kind of hear him choke up a little. And finally, he says, well, I've known Sherman my whole life. Oh, my God. That just gets me so hard. Like, how crazy to have been longing for someone who is standing right next to you for a lot of your life. uh, It's just insane. And for Deland, a lot of dots were connecting. Throughout his years-long friendship with Sherman, people had told them all the time they were carbon copies, that they looked alike and talked alike and carried themselves. Like, they were always joking about it, and Deland had always dismissed it. He told ESPN, quote, if you would have told me to pick who my father was, there's no way I would have picked him because I might have thought I wasn't worthy for him to be my father. Uh, I mean, look, you've got... Stack stack all these feelings up at once because not only have you got... I just learned who my father is. Let's just take that base Period. level. That alone uh-huh. is a very emotional experience. Right. Boom. Okay. Not only that, but it's someone I've known my whole life. Okay. Let's put that on top of it. Like I already knew this guy and it turns out he's my father. Yeah. Let's put another layer on top of that. This guy was already a father figure to me. <laughs> I know. Oh my he God. He was everything I would want my dad to be and he is my dad. It's like he wished... On, on a coin and threw it in a well and was like, 
you know, I wish Sherman Smith was just my father. And then woke up the next day and they were like, granted, Aww. there you go. I, I'm so amazed by this. I, I mean, just, oh, it's mind blowing. You can't write this movie. No. I mean, it's insane. No, like, it I, sounds made up. It does, but it is fucking real. <laughs> oh, incredible. Well, obviously this isn't the end of the story because there's another big conversation to be had. Right. And that is when DeLand contacts Sherman mm-hmm. to let this guy know who didn't allegedly Have any know idea. he even had a son. Right. That his son figure was his son. <laughs> and I think that we're going to have to save that for right after this commercial break. Yeah. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And, and we're back with the fourth quarter of the Delan McCullough story. Score is one, adoptive mother, 
one biological mother, one biological father. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe the biological father doesn't know he's playing the game yet. <laughs> they might need to go get him. <laughs> yeah. From the locker room area. <laughs> an exciting game, Coach. It sure is. It's one for the books. <laughs> <laughs> so Delan's search for his biological father brought him right back to the man who'd already been his mentor for 28 years. This guy who had helped him along his career path. The man he'd looked up to since he was 16 years old. He had a photo of him and Sherman from when DeLand was in high school, just beaming as DeLand signed his letter of intent to play at Miami. And DeLand had kept that photo for over two decades. He kept it in a Ziploc bag that traveled with him to every job. He said to Sarah Spain, quote, I felt like my blessings came full circle because I'd always wanted to be somebody like him. I mean, does that not make you want to cry that he's like, I have me and my dad together? I mean, like, that just makes me so happy and, yeah. like, touched. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously he's super excited to find out that it's Sherman. So he's, like, immediately texts him and is like, can we talk about something important tomorrow? You know, can I call you? And Sherman was thought it was football-related because it was fall. It was about to be November. Right, <laughs> So right. he's like, oh, surely something come up. Career-wise. Uh-huh. So he's like, sure, obviously, yeah, call me tomorrow. And over the phone, Delan told Sherman all about his search for his biological mother and finding her and everything. And Sherman was so thrilled. He was like, praise the Lord. What a blessing. And then Delan told him his mother's name. And Sherman realized that he knew her. And then Delan said, quote, I asked her who my father was, and she said it was you. Now, Sherman is bowled over by this information, obviously. (laughs) Like, this guy at this point was 63 years old. He had married his college sweetheart. He had grant, he, they were grandparents now. And he hadn't heard Carol's name in over 40 years. So this was just all kind of hitting him, (laughs) like, (laughs) real hard, I think. And he sort of was very stunned. And he asked Deland if, you know, maybe can I have some time to think about this? And that kind of hurt Deland's feelings a little bit. Um, but of course, you can't blame him because, you know, he, he said himself later, he realized, you know, he and Carol had had 44 years to think about each other and wonder about each other. Right. But Sherman really had no idea yeah. that there was anyone to wonder about. He wasn't out there. What? Oh, I can't hope to meet that son. I didn't know I have one day. <laughs> so, yeah. So he just, he, you know, at first he was his feelings were hurt, but then he came to kind of really see it from his perspective. And he was like, OK, I get it. Yeah. And Sherman, meanwhile, you know, told ESPN he kind of hung up the phone and was thinking about it. And his overwhelming feeling was guilt Mm. Um, because he was like, even though he didn't know anything about Carol being pregnant, he still felt that he had abdicated his responsibilities, um, which is kind of kind of what I was thinking. It takes two to make a baby. So right, he was like, right. even though I didn't know, you know, I still had some responsibility in that. And he's also a very he's a deeply religious man. And so he was sitting there wondering what having a baby out of wedlock and abandoning it, even unknowingly, said about him as a man, as a person, mm. you know, how God might see that. Right. And he found himself hoping that a DNA test would show that he was not Deland's father, which only made him feel more guilty because, of course, he loves Deland. And, right. You know, he's already really close to this guy and everything. But he was just like, I don't want this big change to be true. Um, And so he's like, you know what, let me. Let me call Carol. I'm going to talk to Carol about this. I'm trying to 
picture, you know, if my high school girlfriend showed up one day and was like, here's your son. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd be like, that's Whoa. very impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would definitely think I need a, I need a minute. Oh, yeah. Before I can just jump into this. Oh, my God. So Carol agrees to have a conversation with him. But the entire day before their call, she was just in tears. Mm -hmm. She was crying. She said she was scared of what he was going to say to her. Right. You know, would he hold this against her? Would he be upset? Would he be angry? Did she wrong him by making the choices she made? But fortunately, she had nothing to worry about. They talked. They spent a long time just catching up before he, he even brought up DeLand. And he apologized to her for leaving her to make this huge decision all by herself. And she explained her reasoning for leaving him in the dark. And she said all she'd ever wanted over the years was to know that their baby was okay. But Sherman was able to give her this reassurance that their son had grown up to be a wonderful man. I mean... I, I think it's so crazy that they had they had two different experiences. Like, Carol knew she had a son, but didn't know what he was like. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Sherman knew what this kid was like, but didn't know that it was his son. So like together, they they got the full picture. And I I think that's so, that's what to me, their story is is sort of like the romance here in a way, because it's Mm -hmm. like their little fling ended up not, you know, th- these weren't two people who were meant to be together as husband and wife, spend their lives together. Mm-hmm. And yet they were able to come together uh, and finish this picture. Yeah, you totally. Know, which I think is so beautiful. And how wonderful that she kind of got what she needed too, yeah. right? Because she'd always wanted to know. And yeah. then he was able to like fill her in on everything on that happened to him life. when he was six, since right. he was 16. Right. Amazing. He hung up on that phone call with her just feeling more sure than ever that DeLand was, in fact, his son. Mm -hmm. So Sherman went back to talk to his own wife, and he thought, you know, how's this going to go? I know. Uh, Sweetie. I know we're in our 60s, but guess what? (laughs) I guess I've had another son this whole time. Surprise. So he was worried that she was going to be angry. But once again, all she said to him was, quote, if it's true, then our family just got bigger. (laughs) Another just like everyone in this this, story is Ted Lasso episode, (laughs) you know, of just like the sweetest people. Like everyone in this is like the best example of humanity. (laughs) I just like I love how every at every turn they're just making the most loving choice that Uh is possible to make. It's so wonderful. He went on and told all his grown children about it because, of course, they were adults with children of their own. Right. And much like Deland. Sherman flashed back to people who would crack jokes about how alike they were mm-hmm. when they were when he was coaching him. He looked at some articles and pictures from Deland's time with the Canadian Football League, and he thought he was looking at pictures of himself. He told Sarah Spain, quote, I kept thinking, I don't remember taking this picture. I don't remember doing this article. I'm looking at Deland and I'm thinking that's me. <sighs> Crazy. He called his aunt in Youngstown to tell her about it, and she Googled Deland's name, then called him back and said, quote, nephew, I can save you the money on the DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this is your kid. Ugh. And at this point, Sherman realized that he was hoping the test results would prove that he was Deland's father, and in fact, he would be devastated if it showed anything else. Yeah. 
And sure enough, the test confirmed it. 99.99% chance Sherman was Delan's father. Amazing. And so a few weeks later, they met up in Nashville. And Sherman knew Deland was really nervous because he was, like, watching from the window, which is also a fun bookend of Deland's first oh, yeah, look at yeah. Sherman was him driving up. Pulling up in the car. And Sherman was looking out the window and watched Deland drive up and park on the street. And then he just sat in his car for, like, five minutes. Oh, <laughs> and man. Sherman kept being like, what's he doing in there? Oh. He must have been so, like, just trying to get, get his will together. Yeah. Um, but finally, he walks up the steps to the door, and Sherman greeted him with his arms wide open and said, My son. And it was the first time in Delan's life that anyone had ever called him that. Oh. I'm sorry, I got teared up, because it just must have meant so much to him. Yeah. To, like, see, especially because he already knows him and respects him so much. Right. And already has this feeling for him. Right. And then he walks, my son, like... Everything you wanted, everything you ever wanted. Nobody gets that. You don't Nobody get a gets gift like that. It's perfect <laughs> of a story. Amazing. But there was one more relationship to worry about. Deland hadn't told his adoptive mother, Adele, yet. And he was worried that she might be upset that he went and tried to reconnect with Carol. Mm-hmm. You can understand. You're like, but I'm I'm your mother. Why do you feel like you need to seek out? Or right, something like that's, maybe you know, weren't enough for me, or something right. might feel like he had some type of resentment or something. Right, so he's concerned that this might be the case with Adele. But damn it, once again, sweet as pie, <laughs> there was nothing to worry about. Carol and Adele totally hit it off right away, and Adele wouldn't begrudge Delant his biological family. She says in the article, "quote That's my son, and I want nothing but a hundred percent best for him." She calls it just a miracle that he'd had his birth father in his life since he was 16 years old. I call it that, too. What Seriously. else do you call it? <laughs> what else do you call that? Straight up scripted from on high. <laughs> and Carol gives Adele endless credit. She says, quote, she did what I couldn't do. She was an adult. She was married at the time. So, you know, she brought him into a family structure. That was what I wanted for him. I wanted him to have what I had. And she gave him that. She gave him all the tools that he needed in growing up to be the successful man that he is right now. Lovely. They had a giant family reunion in July 2018. Mm. If you go to... The ESPN article, there's a big, there's a picture of them all, and it's yeah. totally worth seeing if you can, because it's just a huge family, and everyone has just the hugest smiles on their face, and it's wonderful. It's so awesome. DeLand went on to win a Super Bowl as the running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020. There you go. And he got them to the Super Bowl again in 2021, although they did lose to Tampa Bay. Psh. Whatever. He's... No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> And he's now called one of the most respected coaches in the country. And this summer, he became the running backs and associate head coach with Indiana University. So he moved back to Bloomington with his wife, Darnell, and their four sons, Deland II, Dea, Desan, and DM. Now, DM is only five, but his other three sons are college age, and they all play football, too. Of course. And when Deland II was a senior, his brother Desan started as a freshman at the same high school, and they were, like, super excited to play on a football team together. But that dream kind of died when Deland II suffered a knee injury early in the season, which kept him off the field. Oh, man. And I wonder if Deland was like, shouldn't have named him after me. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, exactly what happened that to me. knee injury <laughs> comes with a <the> name. <laughs> <laughs> 
But later, DeLand II accepted an offer to play at Miami of Ohio, of course, his dad's alma mater. All right. But then uh, 2020 did its thing and COVID arrived to disrupt all those plans as well. And DeLand II went back home to Indiana. While he was there, he realized that he honestly hadn't really fallen in love with Ohio. His other brother, Dea, had always loved Indiana, so he'd already committed to playing football at Indiana University. So he knew his dad and his brother would be on the team at home in Bloomington. So DeLand II started thinking about maybe I'll transfer, and not long after, he committed to Indiana University too. So you've got dad and Mm -hmm. two of the three older brothers are playing on the same team now. Right. And Dasan, meanwhile, he had committed to Ohio State, while he's watching both his brothers commit to Indiana <laughs> and his dad get this job and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and there was something a little irresistible about three sons, one dad, one right. team, right? Um, his mom, Darnell, says in an article, um, it's an Indiana University uh, magazine article. She said, quote, I mean, let's be honest, this really couldn't happen anywhere else. How many kids get a chance to play football with their dad as a coach and their brothers on the team, too? Right. It's not like they're all going to play on the Kansas City Chiefs together. Yeah. Which I don't know, Kansas City Chiefs. You maybe might one think about day, it. maybe one day. <laughs> I might think about it. <laughs> but DeLand and Darnell, like, never brought that up. They they never told Desan, like, hey, think about coming over with, with your, you know, they never right, thought right. about it. They were like, you're going to Ohio. It's going to be great. Everything's going to yeah. be great. We're happy for everybody. But on his own, Desan quietly made arrangements and recently announced that he's also committing to Indiana University. Amazing. Which is great news for them because apparently he's the highest ranked recruit in Indiana history. Oh. And so in 2023, they will all take the field together in one uniform. Amazing. Because for Deland McCullough, football really is a family affair. Wow. It sure is. Like right in the DNA. I mean, really. All over the DNA. <laughs> I mean, if anyone was just like meant to be in football, it's this entire family. <laughs> like, they are all, were all like just brought together in the strangest mm-hmm. way. Well, and I lis- I just love that because, of course, originally the story was just going to end with their family reunion. Right. But then I was like, I wonder how he's doing now. Yeah. And then to find out about all his sons suddenly like going, let's go play with dad in the same university. <laughs> and of course, Indiana University is like, oh, they're like, whoa, like, right, look yeah, at we'll us. Take We're it. rolling in McCullough's. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I'm so amazed by this story existing. That's outrageous. It's, Honestly, I'm a little insulted <laughs> that they, they're trying to pass this off as circumstantial coincidence. This is, <laughs> this is. Um, you're li- we're living in a movie. Yeah, yeah. This is a movie. This is a movie. I mean, and can you imagine this movie? Because it would definitely make me cry. No, this is one of those stories that I think if you took it to a studio, they'd be like, no, this no. doesn't sound real. Yeah, I think We can't right. do this. This sounds written. It sounds it's scripted. Like, mm, it's real. No one will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, but yes, it was really nice to just have a nice, oh. lovely inspiring, yeah. everybody being loving and kind type of story. I At no point was I stressed out or frightened <laughs> while I was reading this. There was no corpses involved. No. Well, I hope you all felt as warm and, and special mm-hmm. and like the world is a magical place <laughs> after listening to this one. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're always happy to have you. 
Yeah. For, for sorry for all the terrible football. <laughs> look. That we did because we don't know. What we're talking I can about. follow a football game. It's just those details. You well, hear, and again, um, it's so much the culture of football where they're like, oh, you know, I was sitting on the sideline. You know, I don't know. Right. right I don't right. know what's important. I was sitting on the sideline. Is that where they lose you? Yeah. I was, I was sitting like, on the sidelines and you're like, it. I'm checking out of this conversation. <laughs> Forget it. I'm well, done. I'm sidelines, so lost. I am confused. <laughs> so lost. I think they have sidelines in every sport. They do. They do. <laughs> No, I just can't think of any examples. Yeah, well, that's how. Yeah, I don't know what a running back is. Uh, well, he's behind. He runs right. back. Back. But um, he runs back toward the, toward the. It's not that. Uh, it's it's. I mean, the end. You know, it's kind of the key, cap. football. It's all about staying loose. You know, you don't let. The, <laughs> you can't box yourself in with these labels you know right. i'm a running back but like mm. what does that even mean right. i run i run back i run back to the ball i run mm. back to my car <laughs> i run home i'm back on my couch that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of you running know? back i am <laughs> <laughs> football's all about they're like we don't we don't subscribe to all these rules and regulations we kind of just go with the flow yeah you know and everybody yeah. just sort of agrees to have a good time that's what football's all about American definitely football. it's national flexible league yes yes <laughs> that's how they stay subscribe. loose yep it's no like rules yoga. just right that's the the nfl slogan <laughs> that's it for our non-american listeners that's the slogan for outback steakhouse <laughs> where you can get a deep fried onion that's right so it's our very authentic australian eatery yes yes <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, to our Australian listeners, yeah. shoot us an email. Let us know if you guys eat deep fried onions, because <laughs> I feel like that's not an authentic Australian food. And then just, you know, shoot us an email for anything. Reach out to yeah. us. We love hearing from you. Always. Uh, let us know what you thought about this story. Yes. Let us know if you got any ideas about stories in the future. Mm-hmm. Our email address, whatever you want to send us, is romance at iheartmedia.com. Yep, or we're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Diana Might Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, it's Eli. And the show is at Ridic Romance. So uh, please holler. Yeah. We want to hear from you. We want to see your smiling faces. Always. Um, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful November. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Cannot wait. Thanks again, all you lovely people. Get out there and be the Deland McCullough you know you can be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? 
Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.